0: Awesome. Welcome to Gray Zone Episode 6. Just had an amazing conversation with Eric Warner, who you'll hear a lot more about shortly. What I hope you'll take away from this conversation is an approach for making decisions about where to invest your time when it comes to moving towards things that you're passionate about and recognizing that it doesn't always need to be a huge plan or a really solid idea of exactly what you want and what you need for your life. But sometimes it can start with something as small as a feeling and a general idea. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know I did. And uh, see you on the next episode. Bye. on episode 6. I'm very excited for this one because I've got an incredible person, a great friend, and funnily enough a roommate joining me on this episode. Um, And I do want to give some context here because I think anyone could just like potentially have their roommate on an episode of a podcast that they just started and clearly that's what I'm doing. But at the same time, I think this person has a lot of value to share. Um, this person's sharing a lot of value with me through my conversations with them. And I think everyone can learn something from everybody, but from Eric in particular. So Eric Warner, I'm excited to have you, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, dude. A little, little nervous, but I'm excited. Good, good, good. Yeah, nerves are good, dude. Um, so. I think it makes sense to start with a little bit of context about like why you and I have come together in general and how we know each other. Mm. Um, and so it does go back a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to give a little bit of the history?
1: Yeah. So I know that, so both of us went to school in Montreal. Yeah. And we had a mutual friend, Marcus, um, Great friend of both of ours. And I remember that Marcus had a podcast and that I was listening to, and that you were featured on one of the episodes. And Marcus being a friend, I decided to listen to one of these episodes, and it was on meditation. And it was a really funny episode to listen to because prior to that point, I had always felt meditation was very new agey, Mm -hmm. sort of woo woo, and I never really. Uh, I never really got on board with it, but the way that you were framing it was talking about mental performance and the the difference of framing around meditation really opened the door for me to explore it. And interestingly, the idea of mental performance didn't actually resonate with me, but the idea that it didn't have to be the way that I thought about it was enough to be to, to, to make me go, OK, well, maybe this is something that's that's worth exploring because it could be something else that I didn't think it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's such a funny origin to this friendship, because I think so often you have taken problems that I've mm. been encountering and going, well, what if you looked at it this way Yeah, and looked at things in a different way? And so since then, you moved to Vancouver we, we went on a couple of walks. We talked a lot about meditation. Yeah. And, uh, and then we moved in together as roommates. Yeah. And, uh, just, I guess six, six months ago. Yeah, yeah. October. Yeah.
0: Which is jokes. Cause our lease is a six month lease and we were told we might be kicked out by now, but we're still here and we got <laughs> at least another four months. So that's awesome. Uh, it's going to be torn down. Condos are going condos will be built here. Um, so We're not on specifically here today because we want to just talk about like how we know each other. Uh, like I alluded to, I think you being able to provide a lot of value to people in general. And I think that has to do specifically when it comes to better understanding how to like make decisions that align with your pursuits and specifically how to align decision-making towards pursuing passion. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. And it's really interesting to talk to you about this because you said specifically that you can't connect with those people. Like you're confused that people are like unsure of what to do with their time and how to like figure out what to do next. Um, Right. So where So,
1: where does that confusion come from? So for context, what Christian's referring to is I think a lot of people talk about, the feeling of being lost and not knowing where to go. And that for me has never been something that I've struggled with. Mm-hmm. In fact, it has been something that is so foreign to me as a concept of the idea of feeling lost just because of how I guess how passionate about the next step I've always been. I've always It's always been very clear to me where to go. And so so have you never felt lost? Um, I have felt times of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard other people's descriptions be very existential. Yeah. And i probably encountered feelings like that. Can you elaborate on that just to provide some like more
0: clarity of what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. I think that I've heard a lot of people wonder, where do I take my life? Whether that be from a I think most often it's from a career perspective Mm -hmm. but it could be more broadly in life of where do I want to go who do I want to be and again by no means I don't claim to never have had feelings like that yeah but I think that the deep existentialism that people go through wondering those questions is not something that I've had to the same degree, to Mm -hmm. nearly the same degree. Mm -hmm. For me, those, those feelings have been, okay. I don't know where I am. I need to figure out how to get somewhere. Yeah. So what's going to be the strategy to get there. Okay. And so it's a quick pivot to figure, to figuring something out versus sitting in that uncertainty for a long time. Mm,
0: I see, I see. So I can definitely relate with those people a little bit more because I've been that person who is like feeling lost and super uncertain about what to do or feeling like I want to have an impact and like I can, but not sure like how to best do that. I think throughout a large part of my university degree, I felt very like lost and uncertain. I had ended up studying finance like completely by happenstance. And I was an individual and less so now one who was like, so go with the flow that everything was just like meant to be. And it wasn't actually like exerting much influence, much, much influence over my own decision-making. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had no idea how to go about like finding a career and living life that I felt had meaning and impact without doing something that was super like menial, just like another cog in the wheel kind of mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And to see you, like Eric and I have had conversations, we've had conversations where, like you've specifically told me, and I, I want to paint up a picture, bit of a picture here about like where you're at, and then maybe mm-hmm. step back to like peel back like what has led to this sure. in your processes of decision-making, but you've told me before um, that you wake up every day stoked about every decision that you're making and feeling like you're in complete control of all of those decisions and i feel like it is super common like like 90% of people wake up feeling like they're doing shit that they have to do that they don't really want to do super bad mm. they're not super stoked on whether that's like getting up to like go to a job you moderately care about and probably being like just pumped to get home and for the weekend right like that weekend living mm-hmm and while there's nothing necessarily wrong with that i think if you're living that on a day-to-day basis and you feel down about it you feel like kind of depressed even just because you feel like you're uncertain of what you're doing you feel like you're wasting your life like that is where there's an opportunity to really shake things up and change things and i think it's important to do so um and sneaky little you know like that does relate to growth i think and in growing you can explore new avenues And so I want to pass that sentiment to you here and be like, okay, how do you get to a place where you're making up every day, making Mm -hmm. decisions that you want to be making Mm -hmm. and feeling so fucking stoked about it? Because I'll tell to whoever's listening, like, I'll tell you, I've never met somebody who's this like stoked all the time. (laughs) And I know it sounds like a lot, dude, but it's true. Like talking to you on a regular basis, like so much joy, so much sight for life. Mm. Um And I know that this is actually, let's take a step back even more for a second. I know this wasn't always the case when we moved in together.
1: You were in a different place. Yeah. Can
0: you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So your your reflection on who I am is quite a common assessment okay. that I, I often get. I think that the first word that people just use to describe me is passionate. Mm hmm. Uh, and I've gotten that for a long time. And to me, it's just being really obnoxious about how much I love life, but that's exciting to hear that it's, it's inspiring. Um, yeah, to, to frame where I was at in, in August and September, kind of right before we all all moved in here, I was at the end of a two, two and a half year period where I've been making a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And in particular, I had made I had come out of university with a pretty large student loan. And I made the decision early on that I just wanted to eliminate that. And so because of that, I really had to buckle down and make a lot of sacrifices. And so Part of that came to, you know, not buying gear for activities that I might want to do in British Columbia. There's so much available here. Part of that is choosing not to go on different vacations. Part of that is choosing not to, you know, not to have my own place or to to even live with roommates. I'd move back in with my parents. And and it's worth saying here that there's a lot of privilege in being able to say this. these are not the end of the world, Uh, Yeah, the end of the world sacrifices by any means. I think that there were just things that I came back to B.C. really wanting to do and feeling how close all of those things were. I, I couldn't access them. Yeah. And so the time that we. Right before we moved in together, I had been house sitting for six months and just hopping from house to house to house. I become somewhat of a, of a pet sitter known amongst amongst people. And I had these opportunities to, to take care of houses and, and it was great, I, w- I wasn't paying rent, and I was often getting paid to take care of these pets. But it was just, I felt exhausted having, having had made so, so many sacrifices mm-hmm. uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was just tired. I was just tired of, you know, I was working my own job i was volunteering outside of that i was also working uh an extra job to try and make more money i remember that i was um i was i was signed up to be one of those people who gets paid to take like user experience surveys so i'd be on my laptop and i would be trying out softwares and reflecting my experience i get paid like 20 dollars for 10 minutes of a review yeah and it was just things like that, that I was just doing all the time. And, and so coming to the end of that period and finally having some point of stability was just a huge load off my shoulders, but that's sort of where I was Mm -hmm. prior to to coming into this house. Gotcha. Damn dude. That sounds, I didn't even realize you had three jobs. What was the third job? I was working with a youth run cooperative based out of Montreal Mm -hmm helping them i was doing consulting on budget work and so fair. they're a youth run arcade and they were trying to stay afloat and so i helped develop cash flow and Jeez, uh, budgeting spreadsheets i know yeah, <laughs> never wild, talked about dude. that it's crazy <laughs> huh
0: damn well yeah okay fair enough man so it seems like during that two and a half year period it was largely you were like It felt like you were three steps away physically from where you wanted to be, Mm -hmm. but because of these like financial responsibilities that you had, you were really two and a half years away from where you wanted to be, and that was like two and a half years with extreme discipline and dedication.
1: Yes, absolutely, and it wasn't you know, I was still going on trips. Yeah, you still had a good time. I I still was doing things, but I think again, it just goes back to I, I was working really hard to to try and. And pay off that loan Mm -hmm. um and i think that the the thing that drove me through it was just that goal and and i think the dedication to wanting to make sacrifice in order to obtain that goal okay and so yes now i'm this person who i'm waking up every day feeling so excited about every aspect of life Mm. it's not that that part of me wasn't there before but it was just that I was doing a lot more and I was sacrificing a lot more, so I couldn't necessarily embody that to a full extent. So a question then, just
0: from like more of a philosophical standpoint, do you think that because you had to make all of those sacrifices, life and the ability to now like do those things that you love, and let's be specific here, man, mm-hmm. like free diving. Yeah. Yeah, like you watched a YouTube videos of this guy, Chris Samson, for two years. Yeah. And then you finally were able to like buy free diving gear, start going free diving. And then you started this free diving with this yeah. guy you had been watching on YouTube for two years and like going to cabins and like cooking up food with him and yeah. all of his buddies. Like,
1: yeah, so that was so I think the question that you're getting yeah. at is did the build up of sacrifice make the
0: ultimate experience? Yeah, further? yeah. I think that, or is that just like you were always stoked and then
1: even before that, you know what I mean? No, it definitely added to it. Yeah, I think I think anybody who's had any experience of working towards something can tell you that the harder they worked for it, mm. the more fulfilling Dude. and meaningful the accomplishment was. Yeah man. And so free when it came to free diving, I two and a half years ago started to get interested in it. but because I was paying off my student loan, I wasn't going to buy the gear yeah and so i just watched these guys videos for two years living in the ocean vicariously through him mm-hmm. and so when it became time to pay off my loan yeah i bought my gear the next week yeah and 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 then just kept diving and kept diving and kept going deeper into that community and then yeah got to got to meet this guy who i watched for two years and oh yeah um so yeah Congrats, man.
0: Thanks. I remember you coming home and after like being in this guy's video for the first time. Yeah. I'm in the YouTube video. And then we (laughs) saw the clip and you're in it for 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay. So you've had this time period of like sacrifice and now you're in a place where you can pursue these things that you're super interested in. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the next thing I want to dive in a little bit with you. No pun intended. Um, No pun intended. It it really wasn't. Uh, Most of the time, they're not. No. (laughs) Um, So, you're really good at being willing to step into and step towards what you're interested in becoming or learning more about. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I find a lot of other people echo a sentiment of I would love to like run a business but I don't know what that is and even if I do well I need to have like a business plan in place and like be able to like validate that there's going to be like a huge amount of revenue right away or Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this like discrepancy that most people have with wanting to do something and feeling like they need to have like a big plan or a grand idea Mm. um or need to like either be living that lifestyle fully or not at all. And because they're not doing it right now, they can't start, mm. but you don't seem to have that, mm. that barrier. Yeah. Um, do you, do you
1: catch him? Yeah. Yeah. I think that if you look at the people who you consider to be successful, oftentimes there's an illusion that every step towards where they were or sorry, where they are was part of a larger plan. Mm-hmm. That's just not the case. That's not how it works. People get to where they are because they are pursuing something. They're pursuing the next thing. I think one of my favorite examples of this is the introduction of fonts to personal computing.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love it. I know. Yeah. Go ahead, dude.
1: So, uh, so Steve jobs attended calligraphy classes because he was interested in the different ways where you, how you could draw a letter. And he basically, he was just auditing these classes, not because he wanted to build Apple, he was going through these classes because he thought it was beautiful. Mm. And when it got into, when he got into personal computing, he took that and applied it in and now fonts are just integral to personal computing. Mm-hmm. But I think that one thing that for me has always been really clear is that the idea of a grand plan, not all the time, but is very often illusory. It 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 doesn't exist. We're we're just going to the next thing. We have broad goals, and those broad goals change and and where we end up is a amalg- is an amalgamation of all these different things mm-hmm. in our past. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's always been the drive is to just what's what's the next thing. And and I think how do you choose that next thing has always been something that's been important to me. So how do you how do you choose that next thing? It's interesting to reflect on this. Um. I. I, <laughs> <laughs> how do I describe this? I will get a feeling. It's it's, I, it's hard to describe this without sounding uh, boring Coring. or simple. Yeah, I, I'll have these different moments where. I'll encounter a feeling and it's really profound and it's really deep um, and, and really powerful in the way that I experience it. And I'll just chase that. There's an example where mm-hmm. in 2014, I was walking through a music festival and I remember I was walking on a wood chip pathway and there were string lights. And and I just remember thinking, you know, I, I had had a lot of experience in music, but I just was walking through this and I was like, This is what I need to do. Yeah. I want to contribute to building and creating moments like this. For other people. Yeah, I just just, I I wanted to I wanted to be involved in the creative side, not the recipient side. Mm. And because it affected you so much just because it was what brought me joy. Okay. I you know, you're yeah, it's as simple as that. And, you know, flash forward three, four years. I was then working at a job in branding for music festivals where the purpose of my role was to try and curate, well, how do you feel going through a music festival? Yeah. And, and so that for me was, is, is how I tend to approach things. It's just by seeing what are the things in everyday moments that bring me joy and where can I find that again?
0: I love that dude. Um, and like, we've, we've chatted about this before. So like, obviously the questions that I have here, sometimes I want to, to like, as I mentioned at the start of this, like there's certain things that I think are super fucking cool mm-hmm. and I, I want other people to hear and that's one of them. And you've kind of prompted two thoughts here mm-hmm. from my end. One is like a analysis, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And the second is like moving forward with the next question to uncover this a little bit more. Mm. Um, so I'm just trying to better understand where I want to take it. But to summarize, essentially, you experience something that brings forward this like very deep, meaningful experience, Mm -hmm. often related to like a positive emotion, Mm -hmm. specifically joy. Mm -hmm. And then you chase that. And hearing you say those words, Mm -hmm. you chase that. I think can be interpreted very broadly. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't mind you clarifying a little bit what that means um, before I kind of share some like some thoughts that I've had.
1: Yeah, I think what I mean by chasing that is uh, if you were to take that example that I just gave of walking through a festival, I had no idea how it was going to get to the place where I was helping build out that feeling for people. Mm I just knew that I liked it and I wanted to recreate it for myself and for others. Mm -hmm. And so the chase goes, well, how do I do this then? Yeah. And no, one's giving you a blueprint. So you just have to expose yourself to situations that are similar to that one that you just encountered as frequently as possible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the strategy to chase those feelings has just been related to proximity. So when I got to Montreal, it just became a question of how can I just flood myself into the music scene? Mm-hmm. I went to like four concerts a week, to sometimes to bands that I didn't even like, just for the sake of being close to it, of mm-hmm. being close to music. I was going to every music conference that I could get my hands on mm-hmm. and ultimately is what led to me getting an internship. And so as far as defining chasing is concerned, it's, trying to figure out okay well here's this thing that's given me joy or that's given me some kind of feeling mm-hmm. where am i going to find that again and mm-hmm. trying to pursue that answer
0: mm-hmm. would you mind sharing one more story the one i thought this was really cool you went to an event and so i don't remember yeah. what you were chasing here but you already know where i'm getting with this yeah yeah yeah
1: so this was a time in montreal it was in i think january 2017 Again, I was I was hustling going to shows because, I again I had no way of knowing how how could I work in music like how could I, and you know to me working at festivals and curating that feeling was just a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. I, I was just gonna settle for anything in music, and so I was just trying to get as close to it as possible. And so I, in January of 2017, I uh, had signed up to go to this music conference. Yeah. It was a two-day conference on a Friday and a Saturday. It was called an Entertainment Management Conference. And, and it was really exciting because there was this internship that was the festival marketing intern for a company called Avenco. And Avenco organizes Oshiega, which is arguably the biggest festival in Canada yeah. every year. And so it was really cool. And so Friday I went and, you know, I get a lot of conference anxiety. I, I'm always... I'm a pretty talk social person, but I I definitely get a lot of anxiety. And so the first day I go, and it was it was okay. I was floating around. I kind of kept to myself most of the day. And that Friday night, I went to this to this show. I went to uh, the the band Purity Ring, this artist from I think they're from Alberta. It's a funny name. Yeah, it is a funny <laughs> name. <laughs> and I went with a friend, and we both drank a lot. (laughs) We had a we had a great time. It was, you know, we just had fun and went to a show. And yeah. uh, And so the next day was day two of the conference. And I woke up quite hungover. And I missed the first two panels of the conference. So I showed up at lunchtime. And you know, I came by myself. And again, feeling really anxious, Mm -hmm. not really knowing what to do. I'm hungover. I don't really want to be there. I start listening to the next panel uh, after lunch, and then just finally say to myself, Okay, I gotta, I gotta leave because I just can't survive this. Mm -hmm. And I I grabbed my coat. I remember I, I, I took my coat check tag back, and I grabbed my coat, and was walking out and I stopped. And I went, you know, you came here because you wanted to explore working in music, talk to one person from Avenco. Mm. And this panel was going on. I, and I walked up to this guy and I was like, Hey, you work for Avenco, right? I, I was just wondering, I had some questions about this internship. Um, I'm wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about, you know, what does this look like? What would you do? Uh, you know, who are you, who would you be working with? I'm just kind of generally curious. And this guy goes, well, you know, you'd be, you'd be actually be working with me, um, and and he starts to detail the position. It turns out that this guy was my future boss. <laughs> He's the one who hired me. Yeah, damn. For, at Avenco, damn. and so it just for me, it, it's so funny. Could you attribute this internship to me going to the concert and being hungover? Could you attribute it to me going to the conference? Could you attribute it to, you know, me about to walk in, out and then having the goal of talking to somebody? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I don't think, you know, when it comes to, again, chasing a feeling, I don't think anybody really knows, but it's, that's why for me, it's always been about, well, let's just flood myself with experience that surrounds that thing.
0: Yeah. Damn, dude. Appreciate you sharing first off. Mm. Really do. Um and I think it's really cool. I think your approach is super, super fascinating. And I think everybody can learn something, including myself from that, man, of approaching what it is that you're interested in, what gives you that feeling, and then pursuing it by exposure across whatever domain and means you have available to you. Mm-hmm. I do want to try and, like, summarize here what we what we discussed. Yeah. And see if we can walk away with a little nugget for someone to, uh, to take away. So we started off here talking a little bit about first off how we met, but your approach to making decisions and pursuing things that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And we contrasted that with a general view of life that some people have maybe at different times, where you feel like you need a big plan or you just don't even know where to begin mm-hmm. to start to pursue something you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And it seems like what's helped you a lot and what allows you to live in a place where you're excited every single day is to just put yourself in the way of experiences that give you or bring you closer to an initial experience that gave you a feeling of mm-hmm. joy. hmm And I feel like if we can all put ourselves essentially in the way of joy a little bit more often Mm -hmm. and prioritizing that Mm -hmm. versus short term monetary success or validation, Mm -hmm. we might end up in the long term in a place where we're surrounded by joy every single day Mm -hmm. and can provide an income and provide a sustainable life that we enjoy every day versus one where you wake up, go through the grind, and then you know, repeat, rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah. So what I'm hearing you hear uh, of what I'm saying is, is pay attention to how you feel in response to situations. Yeah. Because those feelings are really important. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, if those are things that make you feel powerfully enough, then seek them out through proximity. Yes. Just expose yourself to anything broadly related, to that feeling or to that experience that you had. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, you'll find yourself moving back towards that experience and feeling it again. Yeah. And, and and just as a byproduct of that, you'll end up collecting a lot of those those things, like you said, of call it wealth, call it, you know, filling out your aspirations uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Nice. Nice, man. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks, Harvey. Right on. We just shook hands. That was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it cool? I don't know. It just felt formal. But, but yeah.
0: yeah. I'll go right on. <laughs> I'll do it moving forward with everyone. Cool. Sweet. Cheers, man. All right. Hope for enjoyed this episode. Peace. Oh, wait. Actually. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll throw it in the beginning. Bye. <laughs>